Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is your little secret extra bonus, isn't it? Episode 88 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip. Thank you for tuning in. And this is an exciting celebratory day. This podcast was recorded on an exciting celebratory day and its launch today is another exciting celebratory day. Let me tell you a bit about the day it was recorded. Today's podcast is with Jason Reed and a, a lot of the different people from Leap UK, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, and they had their day in Parliament, having their say, speaking articulately as to why the drug laws need to change. I won't go into it into too much detail because we've got a lot of people that come on and talk. Jason invited me down to host a bit of a, a chat at the end, and I said, look, let's record it as a podcast because the exciting news is Jason and Leap UK are going to have a monthly podcast on the Distraction Pieces n- network. Um, so it's it, it won't be, you know, if you're not into it, it's fine. If you subscribe to this, it won't automatically download. But I will be mentioning them. I will be keeping you updated on them. And they will be going up in the same places, on iTunes, everywhere else. Um, but they're part of the family. So to launch that, I was like, look, let's come down. I'll talk to you for a bit. It will give my listeners an idea of what's to come from your podcast so we agreed that but Nicholas um, who's going to be recording a lot of these he he got in touch with Jason after Jason was on distraction pieces he's a great dude we had a great night chatting really good good guy big love for that guy and the plan was that Jason was going to get up and do a bit of a, a talk and get a few people up just to celebrate their day in parliament then we'd break and then we'd do the podcast. And I kind of nudged uh, Nick and said, look, just, just just, fucking hit record, man. Like, you know, like all good journalists know, if everyone's all right with it if, and we can clear it, then just record everything and we'll edit it down afterwards. So I'm starting off today's episode with a few just edits bits, of, like a, a little edited a section of, of some of the people that came up to speak in a celebratory fashion because I thought some of them just told amazing stories and were wonderfully articulate with with getting their point across so we're going to kick off with that oh i forgot to mention speech com, but this is a bonus issue so you know if you'd like to get some distraction pieces merch for example some scroobius pip merch anything from my label speech com is the place for you yeah let's go on to this first chunk and then i'll come back and explain what's happening next Hello everyone, so welcome to the official launch of Leap UK, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition in the UK. We was in Parliament earlier where we did a detailed account of what Prohibition does from Afghan poppy field with Patrick Hennessy, who was a grenadier guard who fought in Afghanistan and Iraq, all the way down to Neil Woods here, who's in front of me, who was an undercover detective who fought the drug war on the inner city streets. So why we've got a few of our speakers here, namely, if I can come over in the corner, with Mr Paul Whitehouse, who is a chief constable. We're going to just introduce to you to a few of our speakers. So I'm going to quickly give you a few words with Mr Paul Whitehouse, if that's all right, just to give him a, a little bit of a hand, because he was, did a brilliant speech in Parliament. And what I love about Paul is that he's so powerful and so concise. 
when you're built up like that, you can't actually succeed. Because I was a police officer for 35 years, what matters to me is evidence. And that evidence isn't just about whether someone has committed a crime. It's evidence about how we should do things. And it's absolutely clear to me that prohibition failed in the 30s. We have cracking evidence that it doesn't work. And I can remember back in the 60s when we had a finite number of heroin addicts. It's estimated between 1,000 and 1,500 who were maintained on scripts and who caused no one any harm. And overnight, we turned them into criminals and we're surprised that we have a problem. We've got to go back to the point of treating people who are addicted to drugs as people who've got a health problem, not a criminal one. It's as simple as that. Thank you, very much. Thank you Paul Whitehouse. And then we've got Jim Duffy, who is a personal favourite of mine as well. And this is Jim Duffy, who was a police inspector and former chair of the Strathclyde Police Federation. And Jim actually spoke out whilst in office as well. Before I started talking with Leap, my public speaking consisted of the phrase, you're not obliged to say anything. Uh, no, it's it's great to have been here today. Um, I've been speaking out on this since 2005, and, and as Jason said, uh, I'm, I'm fairly one of those unique band of people. I actually did it while I was still working. Uh, I started, uh, I'd still two or three years to go in my service, and I realised I had my crystal clear moment that uh, the drugs war wasn't working. Uh, more people were getting killed on the roads in, in Strathclyde than were getting killed by drugs. And I, I knew then uh, that we were spending so much money on, on trying to prosecute drugs and doing virtually nothing for road safety. Uh, and since then, uh, I spoke out about it. I don't have a single regret about that. I have quite a lot of things to be thankful for. I have a, a, a nasty letter from the then First Minister of Scotland, Jack McConnell, who roundly condemned me for saying that police officers should be outraged to be thinking in such a way. So that has pride of peace place in the bottom of a bin somewhere up in Glasgow. Uh, no, uh, everything that we talk about... Um, the more I go around and talk to people, and I talk to them at all sorts of levels, I talk to them at Rotary Clubs, at Women's Institutes, at housing conferences, anywhere we can get a venue, we will come and talk to you. Uh, and the more you tell people about it in common sense language, and you get away from the Daily Mail hyperbole, and you say to people, here we are, this is the problem, this is how you can fix it, uh, without doubt and without exception, uh, I get people saying, you're absolutely right. And we need to keep on doing that. Uh, and whilst we're doing that, we need the other people who are doing the policy bit behind that because we need the politicians to change this. We can't change it at this level. We need to convince them that there are votes in it and they need to take it forward. But it's been a great day today. It's been very well supported. It's great to see you all here tonight. And uh, onwards and upwards, thank you very much. So I'm going to give Neil Woods a couple of words now. And Neil Woods, when he stepped in as chairman, he just transformed. Pardon the pun. It just it took us to a new dimension. We had someone that we could market. And I'm going to hand over to Neil. Thank you very much. Uh, you said I didn't have to say anything. Oh, I wouldn't have had a beer. Shall I, shall I do that story I said? Okay. I'll, I'll tell you a short tale from, um, from some of my work I used to do. If, you, if you're not aware, I used to work undercover, and most of the work I used to do, I'd sort of mingle amongst problematic heroin users, and sometimes I would I really have to dress down, really have to. I mean, sometimes they'd give me a big posh suit and go and buy cocaine in a bar, something like that, but 
No, most of the time, they wanted me looking really, really grotty. So, on this particular operation, the people I was, the police officers I was working with, they really took the mickey out of me because I was really, really scruffy. I was pretending to be homeless. And I was smelly. And they just, they just laughed at me all the time. So, one day, they dropped me off, and I'd arranged to meet this particular gangster who was driving around in a taxi, pretending to be in a taxi. And I'd arranged to meet him near the red light area of Nottingham. I'd dealt with him before, so it wasn't going to be anything particularly unusual. Anyway, it's half past one in the afternoon, and I'm walking along near where they have the Goose Park, the Goose Fair in Nottingham. And I'm walking along this road, and I hear this voice say, Sex for sale. I thought, I know I'm near the red light area, but this is, you know, it's quite unusual, half past one in a sunny afternoon. And I kept walking, going around the curve in this road, and I heard it again, Sex for sale. I went a bit further, and eventually I saw this woman, and I heard the voice again, sex for sale. I thought, this is, this is a bit much, you know, shouting your wares like a market trader in the middle of the day. Anyway, I remind you, I was looking like a homeless person. I was looking quite a mess. And as I'm walking towards this young lady, she looked me up and down quite appraisingly and said, cheap sex for sale? <laughs> And uh, anyway, I went, I went back afterwards. I, I met the gangster. I don't even know what the gangster looked like. I can't remember at all. Can't, I bought some heroin. I know that. But uh, the rest of the day, I don't remember particularly. It's only that thing that stuck in my mind. Um, and so, so I went back and I spoke to some of my colleagues and I told them that story. And they all laughed. And then I did some drugs training and I trained some undercover officers and taught different courses around the country. And everyone always laughed. Well, only once. Only once has no one laughed. But... The trouble is, I look back on that, and it is etched into my memory. This young lady was, she certainly wasn't 21. She'd have been 20 years old, I would guess. She was uh, clutching onto a can of special brew. And for those, uh, for our American cousins, that's like double-strength lager. And she was clutching onto that because she was fending off uh, a withdrawal, withdrawal from heroin. So she was desperately trying to fend off that withdrawal. And so she was there at half past one in an afternoon because she was desperate for heroin. And I was the representative of the state that day. And I walked right past her. I walked right past her to go and buy heroin off a gangster, which did no good at all because there's lots of other gangsters. And street, working on the street, she'll have been manipulated by those same gangsters anyway who were supplying the drugs to her in all sorts of ways. So people always do laugh at that story. Well, only once they haven't. But, uh, yeah, I look back and that's, that's sort of encroached in my memory. Um, because in no civilised society should the representative of the state be walking past her to sell her body because she's addicted to drugs. And that's why we do what we do. Thank you for coming. Please keep that applause going for Sam, because Sam has dedicated so much expense and time to doing these capturing the talking heads. We rely on volunteers. We, you know, Carol, Becky, myself, Nikki, who's recently joined up to us. We've all got things that we can bring to this, and this is what we're doing. We're trying to get that cultural movement going. And what we're going to do tonight with Scroobius Pip, who Scroobius is in here tonight... We're going to be doing a monthly podcast on drug policy where we're going to bring public figures, 
we're policy experts, and we're going to spread that voice further. We come at this from a position of relying on our own media. We don't expect to get mainstream support, so we're going to create it ourselves, and we can. We can do that now. So in about 10 minutes, we're going to have a little bit of a panel discussion. Scroobius is going to record it. We're going to try and get as many voices up here as we can. Paul Transform, hopefully, you're going to take part. If Steve hasn't been signed up to work tonight, but if you can... <laughs> podcast we're doing a podcast Steve <laughs> there we go um and yeah I'm really glad we hit record some really nice stuff some really some great points made I mean there was a lot more than that and we edited some chunks out and didn't want to kind of give it all away at once because basically each week each month sorry Jason is going to host a panel I believe at the Waterstones on Tottenham Court Road which is where this this gathering took place and he's going to have a guest or two each each month to discuss either things that are currently going on in the battle to change our drug laws in the UK and around the world or generally people telling their experiences from within the police force from within from judges from just just people with great experience from whistleblowers all sorts of stuff so yeah it's going to be amazing so part 2 now me and Jason have a bit of a chat and we get a few different people up. Now, I warn you, there were some problems with the microphone. Now, bear in mind, number one, this was kind of a little bit on the fly and it was the first one. And number two, everyone had just had their big day in Parliament. So, everyone had a bit of a drink and stuff. So, so, so it's very much a relaxed atmosphere. Let's put it at that. Um, it's a relaxed atmosphere. So, I, I lose my words a few times. But... um. Yeah, there were some technical issues with the mics, but uh, I was listening over and as uncomfortable at points as some of the sounds and technical issues can be, particularly in the talk with um, Neil at the end, the stuff he says is so great. It just blew me away. I was like, I can't cut this out. I can't, I cannot cut this out. If it's, if it's not as wonderful quality as we're used to, then, then that's a shame, but so be it. Um, I guarantee you that, that the monthly leap, a UK podcast will sound a little bit cleaner than this, but that's fine. So yeah, enjoy this. This is part two. This is kind of, as I said, a teaser of what is going to be to come from Jason and the Leap UK team on the Distraction Pieces Network. There's more to come as well. Hopefully Dr. Susie Gage, who was a previous guest, is going to be having a podcast on the network. And there's going to be a few other people that just they're just under our banner, under our wing, and they have the seal of approval of the Distraction Pieces podcast and Team 3W. So, yeah, enjoy this, and I'll be back at the end. See you in a bit. Right. Basically, what we're going to have, have at this point is a little bit of a discussion about what's happened today with a few of the different people who have been involved, right? And what we want to do is we want to st- extend this out further, because when I did Scroobius's podcast, it had such a response. People are really clocked onto the fact that we need these voices out there. So we're going to do this, as I said, up there, even more in the way of drug policy podcasting. And Scroobius, I'm going to be under his network. Yeah. And tonight's a bit of a trial. Yeah, yes. So what it's going to be, well, there'll be a regular night here with Jason talking to all the different people that we haven't had a chance to talk to tonight and continually updating on the developments and where we are with the, yeah, the movements in the, in, in the movement as such. And there are so many voices. Like, if we could possibly grab someone in discussion over there... Steve Rolls, who's from Transform Drug Policy. Steve, Steve. We can have you up first because you're an authority voice. 
This is Steve Rolls from Drug Policy Found uh, Transform Drug Policy Foundation. Please make some noise for Steve, please. S- Steve Rolls is one of the masterminds behind the policy. Uh, what this man doesn't know about drug policy is not worth knowing. So, Steve, th- thank you very much for coming and, and, and discussing stuff. How, how's, it, how's it all gone today? Where's your? Um, I have think? to be. I have to be completely honest. I wasn't at the event in the House of Commons, although I've well, heard great things about it. Yeah, excellent. Well, what? What can you tell us about the movement and about the, the, the plans going forward and the problems already on the table? Well, I mean, the, the, UK's, the UK is in a, uh, a something of a, a strange space at the moment where um, in the media and in, in the public domain, the debate around uh, drug law reform seems to be moving forward. But on the front line in, uh, in, in Parliament and in, uh, you know, at the legislative level, things seem to have stalled. Yes. So... We, we, it feels like the kind of water is building behind the dam yeah. and uh, the, the, the cracks are starting to show but we, at some point the pressure will reach a kind of critical tipping point at which point everything is going to suddenly start moving but things can be at the moment it feels like things are quite slow because we've moved from a coalition government where there was um, a coalition partner that was very progressive to a, uh, a, a completely conservative government yeah. who are not really that interested in, 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 in drug law reform at all. Yeah. Um, so we're in a bit of a strange place in the UK now, but what we need is the authoritative voices like law enforcement professionals, like doctors, like lawyers, like uh, victims of the war on drugs, like families, like parents, not the usual suspects, to come forward and say, something's wrong, something needs to change... Uh, and, 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 and really, that's why I think LEAP and, uh, you know, law enforcement voices are so valuable. Yeah. It, 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 it kind of adds to, to the debate and it makes it, 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 it legitimises things and makes it harder to just shoot it down and ignore. It makes it hard to say, well, that person's obviously a drug user or a former drug user or whatever else that they might use as an excuse, which, again, the irony of using experience in a subject you're talking about yeah. as a negative... Is, is, is huge. Exactly. But then so add into that, this is, these are judges, these are police officers, these are people exactly. with experience on, both, on, on, on the side of the battle that is the problem, that is enforcing it. Yeah, you know? because there's, there, to a certain extent, there's no point preaching to the choir. I mean, if you're talking to young people or you're talking to uh, people who use drugs or people who are f- uh, familiar with the drug culture, they, they get it anyway. But if it's me talking about it as a kind of... Uh, drug policy reform advocate, or it's you, some mm-hmm. beardy weirdo, exactly. talking about who wants talk, to listen to me <laughs> talking about drug policy. They're, they're, they're just going to ignore it. But if you've got some uh, some besuited policeman, yeah, um, senior policeman, saying I've enforced the drug laws for twenty years, it's been a complete waste of time. I'm now consumed with guilt. <laughs> Yeah, and trying to assuage my guilty conscience by campaigning for drug law reform, so that all the people I put in prison, um, you know, so that that doesn't have to happen anymore. That's incredibly powerful, and that's why Leap has been so effective in the US, and that's why I think Leap can be so effective um, in the UK. And just yeah. to say, I've, I've, I, I was uh, the week before last, I was in um, Mexico, right? Um, and uh, I think was it was it uh, Paul Whitehouse mentioned that Mexico there was uh, there's been like a hundred thousand deaths from drug war violence. It's not a laughing matter. There's, there's, there's 300 uh, drug war murders uh, a day. In, in, it's insanity, it's, it's, it? it's insane in Mexico. 
Um, and and the, drug, the drug reform debate, the crisis in Mexico has actually pushed the drug reform debate to the fore. Um, and they are about to uh, legalize and regulate cannabis, and they're having a serious debate around longer-term reforms, um, decriminalization of people who use drugs, ending prohibition more broadly. Um, the debate isn't just happening in the UK. It's happening all over the world. Um, it's not just a UK market. The drug market is international. Yep. Drug policy is international within international drug laws. So all around the world, the same debate that we're having here tonight, the same debate that LEAP is promoting in the UK is happening. Yeah. Um, and LEAP isn't just a, a, a UK organisation, it's obviously an international organisation, and they're doing great stuff all, all over the world. So I, for me, it's just very inspiring and positive to see uh, events like this and organisations like this springing up and, and really taking the debate forward. It's fantastic. And that's the beauty of a, gr- a group like LEAP, is it is international and it needs to be international. With powers like the UN and people who can, who can uh, the people that need to be persuaded, it needs to be come at from all angles is, is okay if I bring J- Jason back in, in, in briefly just speaking on, on today because it feels like today Elite UK has done a lot for, for taking it forward for, for everyone so, so can you just talk people who, who weren't there today through what it took to get to today and what kind of what happened you've been in you've been in in with the politicians we did we told the story we told the story of the drug war which yeah. was from inception which is or conception we got Annie Michonne over to our right somewhere uh, if we describe the room, it's just full of people that are knowledgeable about the subject. Yeah. And you could really pick anybody to speak on this, and it would just be the most eminent position you've heard. Yeah. So Annie Michonne, MI5 over there, that, that deals well with the conceptual issue, the, the war on drugs, this, this figment that we're dealing with. Then we went to Patrick Hennessy, which is a Grenadier Guard officer. Yeah. He dealt with Iraq and Afghanistan and dealt with the poppy field, um, literal drug war. Um, all the way down to Chief Constable level and uh, Neil Woods, as we can see over there, who was an undercover drugs detective. Each link in that chain is flawed and broken. And yet the whole thing we're still continuing to push ahead with. You know, yeah. we, we've, we, we know this is a broken um, concept. We're still pursuing it. Why? Why are yeah. we doing that? So what was the process of getting to, t- to today, to being stood there where you needed to be and getting the, the message out there? We're lucky because we got a lot of supporting politicians. There, there are a lot. You'd be surprised. We yeah. think that the drug war is full of people that are just holding up this, this stick of uh, a policy. When it, in actual fact, there, there are so many people out there that are willing to support reform, do support reform, uh, and probably will if they just had the right way of dealing with it. Yeah. So if you want to change the answer, change the question. And I like to think, to a degree, that's what LEAP can do, is change the question. Instead of going, do you want to legalise all drugs? most people would be like, that's a ridiculous idea. Yeah. But if you say, do you want to have harm reduction, less death, a control and a regulated system, it makes logical sense. Yeah, yeah, c- c- completely. So what's... Yeah, completely. It's, it's, it's changing the question. And from what I've heard of today, so many people got up and just told their stories in such a moving and emotional and essentially articulate and intelligent manner that... Yeah, it feels that that's the starting point of, of all that's to go f- forward. So what's kind of the plan R- reacting to today? Obviously, there's a celebrational feel of what's happened, but also to go forward. We need a movement. It's that, it's that simple. We've now won the political debate. People like Steve Rolls have won the, the evidence debate. They have comprehensively 
sussed out what's going wrong and put in potential solutions and step-by-step incremental solutions. We now need people to understand the debate, which is where presentation comes in, why podcasts are so important, why conversations are so important. This room is humming with people having conversations. And they need to have that because they need to network. They need to work out how we can dovetail with each other, how we can move it forward. We've got Ireland represented by Students for Sensible Drug Policy Ireland who have come all the way over just to see what we're doing. We've got people that are representing the medical profession that are willing to get involved and say, actually, no, we're criminalising people and that's doing detrimental... Uh, we need help. Exactly. Yeah. And where do you start? There are so many voices. And if you look at the opposing argument, there's not many people putting in a, a cogent response back. No, no, and it's, it, it, it tends to be a response of tradition rather than logic, of it's how things are rather than it's how things sh- should be. Um, uh, one of the things that Neil with two L's was saying earlier was about the need of funding and support. So how can people, again, podcasts, it's that beauty of it, getting it out there to people. From the podcast that we did, you've had new people come in to work with you. So there's many ways of support. So can you kind of talk through a little bit of how people can support financially, but also how they can support just with their skills or their passion or their efforts? We had Nicky reach out to us. Yeah. Nicky over there, who I'm probably giving all sorts of trouble with his um, sound levels, or I apologise to. Nicky reached out to us after our podcast and said, look, I'm involved in the music industry. The music industry needs to play its part in this and push this forward culturally. How can I help? And... Nicky now works with us. He's pretty much he's signed up to the podcast that we're going to be doing monthly. We also need people like we've got Graham Parker in the audience, who is a complete legend in the music field. Graham Parker is a supporter of this of this movement and is willing to get involved and start pushing this forward. Voices like that we need. We need more. We've had some good public figures out there before, and as much as public figures can sometimes get a little bit, uh, they can get maligned. They're needed because they carry the message that little bit further. And, and that's the beauty of, of when you approached me about doing a podcast kind of on, on my network as such. It was exactly that. It was that combination. I was, I was talking earlier to Johnny Burrell from, uh, from Razor Light. And again, a, a figure in the music industry with his own experiences in this area. Exactly. And where is Double, double L Neil? Neil? Neil Franklin over there. Neil is... If you could come over in, Neil. This uh, Neil spoke on or was featured in the house I live in, which is a Oscar shortlisted documentary. Documentaries really help as well; they can tell this story. And the house I live in is possibly, arguably, one of the best documentaries we've got out there. Uh, and Neil managed to strip this down and put this on a, a whole new reality level. So, can you talk to us a little bit, Neil, about y- y- your experiences? Obviously, you've now come to see Leap UK, but your experiences in Leap initially. Well, I um, I came to uh, this work because of the violence that we were seeing in in my hometown of Baltimore. Yeah, and having a close friend working undercover killed, you know, doing this work, and it was the violence that brought me to this place of drug policy reform. Yeah. And that was, uh, I started speaking for LEAP in 2008, but it, in 2010, it's when I started really paying attention to some of the other harms, which I knew nothing about. Right. And as Jason was saying, it, it, the, fr- the, the next thing that came to me was about mass incarceration. Yeah. And, and, and the disenfranchisement of people who were being incarcerated, mostly for drug use. Sure. And, and, and addiction, 
you know, and as we've heard before, this is some this is a health issue. Yeah, but yet we were using trying to use criminal justice solutions. And it was Michelle Alexander's book, The New Jim Crow, that in 2010 I read and then I met her and began having discussions with her about this issue of mass incarceration, but not just mass incarceration, who we were incarcerating. Yeah. You know, and, and I grew up in Baltimore and the people who I then realized were being incarcerated at very high rates were people who looked just like me. Yeah. You know, black people. And what is really disheartening is to then reflect back and to realize that I was an unwitting particip- participant in yeah, making this happen. And then, for instance, the, the, the documentary The House I Live In came along. Yeah. You know, which, which really brought this home, this issue home for a lot of people and, and really broke it down, you know, piece by piece and, and, and put a personal face to this issue of incarceration yeah. and what it does not just to a family, but what it does to a community. You see, because when, if you want healthy communities, and, and, and here we are in, in the United Kingdom where you have policing policies based upon Robert Peel's nine principles of policing. His yeah. commissioners developed those nine principles, and it talk, those principles talk about community. Yeah. And it talks about how public safety is first and foremost a community responsibility. Mm-hmm. But how can it be when you don't have a healthy community? Yeah. And what makes a healthy community? Healthy families, right, that, that, that are functioning, that can properly raise their children with the proper guidance and handholding. But when your criminal justice system is responsible for the fragmentation of those families, especially in poor black and brown communities, without those healthy families because of incarceration levels and rates and due to the war on drugs. Yeah. There's no way a community can protect itself. And equally, it, 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 it took the police force out of the community rather than being part of the community. That wasn't, that wasn't Neil. That was a police officer. And it, you, right. Do you know what I mean? It, bring, it builds that, that distance. Therefore, it's so hard to engage and help a community when you're, you're there to, to punish them, essentially, or seen it that way, at least. Absolutely. So, you know, when I grew up in Baltimore... The police were actually viewed as members of the community. Yeah. As, again, uh, principle number seven of Robert Peel's principle says the police are the public and the public are the police. Yeah. It's just yeah. that we're, we're the ones that get paid to pay attention to it 24-7. And when I grew up in Baltimore, that was how it, that's how it was. Yeah. You know, you knew the police officers, they knew you, they knew your family, and it was a different type of relationship. Not saying that it was perfect. But it was a whole lot different than what it is now. And now the police in in the United States are just mere occupiers of territory. Yeah. They are invaders of territory. And and, and it's 70% of the work that they do in Baltimore is about enforcing drug policies. How how unique a voice did yours feel when you had that realization? So you saw, you know, a, a friend undercover die and your reaction, a lot of reaction within the force would be, we need to step harder on this. We need to go in harder. We need to, but your reaction seemed to be, we're doing this wrong. How unique and, was that? Was and, that a, and, a, a, a broad thing or was that kind of a realization on your own? That was part of a, a separate realization yeah. on, on my own when, when a couple of us and one of our board members, Lee Maddox, who is also a, from Maryland Law Enforcement, was one of those who was very close to Ed Totley, the, 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 yeah. the detective that we're talking about. And 
both of us realized that we've got to look at this differently. And then our other, uh, our comrades were, as you said, vowing to go out and push harder and arrest more people, not just those selling drugs, but those using drugs, anyone that had anything to do with it. And some of those folks are still out there doing that work. And I I think a lot of that mentality has to come down to that terminology that was dreadfully named the war on drugs because the fact is if you're seeing it as you're in a war if if you're if you're if you're taking fire you go harder you can't that's that's and that's where it needs that's why that has become such a problem it wasn't right. a we need to solve this it's we need to defeat this right it's not we need to help this find a resolution we need to defeat this so right. that that kind of encourages that reaction of if something goes wrong then we go harder if it's not working then we go harder it's still not working Go even harder. You, go just, harder. you just right. keep doing it. It's, right. it's, there's you, no logic You there, increase right? the numbers. You increase the weaponry. You know, you, you, you step up your tactics. and All the time taking the police further from being part of the community, as we said there. Each time you go harder, you stop being that member of the community. You stop being, you become, right. the, you become an enemy in a war. You know, I, and this is, what you're saying is, now, the HBO series The Wire. Yeah. And many people have seen that. They know about it. And there's one part that is extremely poignant to me and it is when after they had established the the community of Amsterdam which was a drug free zone and violence was going down in the western district the district commander Major Bunny Colvin was in his office and in his office he had his drug sergeant there seated and they were having a conversation and, and, and the district commander says to his sergeant he says you know when you call something a war everybody becomes a warrior you have the police officers who are fighting the drug dealers, and the drug dealers become warriors as they fight their competition. And the community is at, they're at odds with the drug dealers, and everyone's fighting everyone. Yeah. And before you know it, you don't know who the enemy is. Everybody, and excuse me for what I'm about to say, but the commander, Bunny Coleman, says... Everybody is your fucking enemy. Yeah, of course. Everybody. So whether they're actually drug dealers or not, everyone after a while looks like a drug dealer to you. Yeah. And you treat them that way. Then you search them that way. And you knock heads that way. Because you're now at war. Absolutely. You're, you're not policing the community. You're in a war. Which Absolutely. Is where, which is where it's gone wrong. So, so how's it been coming over and seeing this in Leap UK today? Everyone, all these people getting up and speaking to the politicians in the House of you know, getting all this out there. How's that been to come over and, and see the side of it on this side of the, of the Atlantic? It's very encouraging. It is exciting because I feel a different vibe here than in the United States. And, and one of the main things that I see here is that law enforcement here appears to be ready to move in a different direction. I mean, you already have things occurring. I I had a brief conversation with Mike Barton, and um, I can't wait in a couple of days to go see what they're doing, the work that they're doing. So I I just feel a different vibe from law enforcement here. Law enforcement, I think, here gets the concept of harm reduction. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, which is key. Law enforcement in the United States, only a couple of active law enforcement leaders in the United States understand that. But it seems to be more of a common thought here among law enforcement. Yeah. 
not just in the UK, but in other countries here in, in, in Europe. Um, so I'm, I'm really thrilled about what I see. I'm really excited about the leadership that's here uh, with Jason and, and Neil and, and, and the support network that they have around yeah. them. And I, I think that um, we're going to see great things come out of uh, Leap UK here. That's perfect. Well, thank you very much. Well, thanks, thank thanks, thanks much for having me. Thank you. Yes. And Neil, sorry, Jason, so we can get some, um, some, some more talking heads and people can drink and join us. Let's wrap things up on, on, sure. on, on what the plan is going forward with, with the podcast and with everything that's ahead. So we just want to keep the discussion going with the podcast. We need people to spread the word. As you found on your podcast, connections made. Yeah. You find that this, this, this person downloaded this one and all of a sudden they're interested in this one. We did one and then Susie Gage was... Uh, yeah. downloaded by the people that downloaded my one um, we also need that with, with the drug policy podcast, we need people to do talking heads as we, as we showcased over uh, just a second ago we just need that conversation, we need to keep pushing it forward, we need artists we need cultural movement and where can people find all the information on, on Leap UK, you're very active on social media all over the place, so what's the best spot so just go to ukleap.org uh, and then you'll find all you need to know on there. Um, we're going to be running campaigns. We're going to be keep, keeping the discussion going. We're going to hopefully add to the roster of law enforcement that are speaking out. And please, we just need the community to come with us. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. And everyone, please make some noise for Jason Reed. There we go. Again, I think some beautiful stories told and articulately made points. I think it's an exciting time in this. I think there's, I think changes, changes is going to come, my dear. I don't know how soon the change will be. It's, it's one of them. It could be, it could be, so. it, it could all be resolved so quickly and simply, but it might be a long battle. But this is the first time I've seen such a strong team and strong arguments and strong articulate points from from respected people on this side of the battle so i think i think opinions are going to start changing and and the new leap uk podcast on the distraction pieces network is going to have a say in that as as jason said the point of it is the problem has always been getting these things through to mainstream media they love to 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 hype up the evils of drugs and the drug war and the and things like that and so much of it is fiction or at least being told completely inaccurately. So they decided they want to just start their own media and tell tell these stories themselves and get them out there. And the beauty is right now, you guys can access that and you guys can be in charge of sharing and pushing that out there. So it's hugely exciting. Um, thank you very much to Jason Reed and everyone at Leap UK um, and, and, and Leap in general. In general, they're a worldwide network. This is a worldwide movement. I'm excited to see them joining us um, on the Distraction Pieces Network, and there's plenty to come. I'll keep you posted on all of that, but until then, I will see you next week. My name is Scroobius Pip. You can find me at Scroobius Pipio on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash Scroobius Pip, all that good shit. See you soon. Hold up. 